everyone has an authentic and interesting story that we can all relate to. On Authentic Conversations with Stock and Hixie, our podcast gives these stories the space to be heard. Along the way, we will laugh, learn, and appreciate this interesting and crazy journey called life. Now, here are Stock and Hixie for the most authentic conversation you will hear today. Stock. Hey, buddy. We're back, man. We are back, man. We're still going. <laughs> I, we, I, know it's, I know it's shocking to everyone. It is. Me more than anyone. Yeah, our half-life, most people didn't think we'd probably make it through three or four. Uh, amen. I understand. But I, I will say this. I'm always very excited to get into the studio with you and to have an interview with somebody. But today, this is a real coup. I, well, let me, okay. let for our listeners, I want them to hear this, that this idea for this interview was all you. Well, thank you. The recruitment for the interviewee was all you. I'm not really sure how I'm contributing <laughs> so well, far. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. But uh, this this really is a coup, and and uh, I'll 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 get to I'll get to our guest in a second. But the, first, I want to intro her is, is is this. So she's a young woman who just graduated from the University of Virginia. And, in May of 2023, she served for four years as a student manager on the men's basketball team, okay, which is a massive time commitment. That's eight hours a day on game day, mm -hmm. three to four hours on practice days, every, every single practice. Okay, so a massive time commitment. So not only you've got your academics, you majored in psychology, you've got your academics, you've got your social, and then you've got this massive time commitment. But the most amazing thing uh, to me is that she was born with spina bifida, okay? And so I've, I've watched uh, this, this person um, over the past few years at timeouts, at games, out hustle, and she won't admit this because I've had a conversation with her, but she won't admit, admit this, but she out hustled the boys nine times out of 10 in those timeouts. And some of those timeouts are planned and it's a TV and you know it's coming. And some of them are not. And some of them are in panic and some of them are in good timeouts or whatever, but you, you, she, she hustles. And she was on the top of my list from the very beginning when we started this. Uh, she has had multiple surgeries throughout her life. One before she was even born, which we'll get into, which was, we, we chatted about that, which was amazing. Um, so this fall, she'll be opening up a coffee shop in, here in Charlottesville in the north wing of uh, Barracks Road for you Charlottesvillians called Revival. And Rob is a huge coffee guy. And so he will be there. He's holding up his cup of coffee, <laughs> his iced coffee. Now, before I welcome you officially, um, I reached out to Barry. Uh, that's Barry Park Hill, mm -hmm. the legend and uh, a friend of authentic and asked him if he would reach out to coach bennett for a comment about you a, a comment about about our guest and this is a quote unquote of what coach bennett said uh, thank you barry parkhill again by the way anna is a true servant who embodies everything this program was built on she has a kind heart a warrior spirit for what she has gone through in life the impact she has already had on so many people is admirable and better things are in store for her moving forward. Mm -hmm. Folks, we have Anna Williamson with us. 
Anna, thank you for being here. Oh, wow. thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, Coach. Those were very kind words. <laughs> very, very kind words. What does it make you feel like when you hear that from Coach Bennett? Oh, uh, I mean, I what a privilege it was to spend four years with um, under his leadership and with those guys. I, I, oh, man, I'm going to miss it. That's, that's how it makes me feel. Um, I, I do miss um, seeing him lead and just learning and sitting under him every day um and so that's been quite a transition uh to say the least but yeah no it man that it makes me thankful um, I, I bet yeah absolutely. that's great well well welcome and thank, thank you. you for joining us and tommy that was a excellent excellent introduction i mean you were really well th I've been, yeah thank you buddy. you were coming along my man <laughs> <laughs> Good news, oh, really yeah i mean it was uh, great said that more eloquently than i did I I mean, met. very yeah. nice um did i get it all right by the way uh philosophy I, philosophy it, rather than i yeah i'm not one for the sciences as much even the soft ones i got you yeah tommy do you even know what a philosophy major is <laughs> well, exactly either it's very that is so good. See, I can stuff. already tell where this interview is going. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. It is really good stuff. Yeah, I don't even know either. Yeah. That's what you make of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can defend it in a paper. There you go. There you go. Well, so philosophy. So you grew up in Raleigh. Yeah, right outside. That's right. Right outside. That's can right. you like background, brothers, sisters, yeah. what? Um, so I'm the oldest and I have three younger siblings. Uh, mm -hmm. there's it's girl boy, girl boy. So mm -hmm always chaos but in the best way in our house um and my brother and i were two and a half years apart we were uh companions in everything sports you know uh, my sister um brought pink and purple into my life so mm -hmm. that was great bows and sparkles <laughs> I, I don't have much of that um so she was a nice uh, addition and um my little brother jack he's just the icing on the cake for our family so it was fun to grow up um with them in uh yeah a little town outside of raleigh um Written against all those teams down there and for the Cavaliers. Oh, nice. And because your dad went to UVA? So my mom actually mom. did undergrad here and she uh, finished at the comm school. Um, okay. And then my dad got his master's from Virginia. Mm -hmm. So both my parents went to Virginia and um, nice. yeah, just made it fun to cheer for the, the Wahoos. Very nice. So you talked about, you just said sports with your younger brother um and uh, tommy in the introduction said that um one of the challenges you've had or maybe it isn't a challenge maybe it's been a blessing who knows has been spina bifida right. can you talk a little bit about that yeah. when you found well, i guess when it's in utero i think mm -hmm. you when your parents found out and what happened and so um yeah i, I was born in august of 2000 so mm -hmm. uh, almost uh turning the next year in a couple weeks which is nice. exciting um but april of 2000 my parents found out about my diagnosis mm -hmm. and um you know first kid just so scary and uh their um yeah decision making is admirable they um less than a month after they found out about uh, my diagnosis my mom underwent um in utero surgery at vanderbilt in mm -hmm. um tennessee so they flew out there um a week before surgery um to be put on bed rest to prepare and uh the doctors at 22 weeks pregnant opened uh her up and op operated on my back i have a 
six inch scar on my back um, near the L4, L5 part of my spine mm-hmm. at the bottom. And there was a hole in my back exposing my spinal cord. So mm-hmm. football was really the only sport I couldn't play in the backyard because uh, of uh, tackle. <laughs> got but, it. Got uh, it. <laughs> you know, everything else was uh, within the bounds of uh, creativity. But yes, so they had, she had surgery for me um, in May of 2000. And at the time, I think just Vanderbilt and a hospital up in uh, Pennsylvania were only the only two hospitals doing the surgery. And I was the 90th baby to have the surgery. Um, wow. It was pre-NIH trial, experimental, mm-hmm. um, and just, yeah, amazing that um, my parents had to make that choice um, with their first child. I mean, having no idea what was going to happen, um, you know, just having to brief my dad on you could lose your wife and your daughter for, no. before you have a family. Um, so, I, but I just cannot believe yeah i'm so grateful that they did make that choice because um the trial a couple years after i was born shows that it the successful surgery mm-hmm. does allow kids to walk so i likely would be wheelchair had it not and surgery. and for the listeners can you give just a little description of exactly what spina sure. bifida is yeah yeah so um in utero when um i was growing my um spinal cord didn't develop correctly Mm -hmm. and when it got to towards the bottom and what happened was my um it it exposes your core Mm -hmm. and because the bones don't form around um around the spinal cord to protect it and um i have some nerve damage um at the bottom of my spinal cord and so i'm actually paralyzed below both knees and um have limited ankle function i can't move my right foot at all and um, can't feel my left foot. And, um, that's just a result of, um, spina bifida. So no injury in particular, no surgery did that. I just have never been able to, um, perform those functions. Um, so I, I can walk on coals without a problem. I, I, <laughs> I don't do that very often. Um, but it is nice for like hot parking lots at the beach. Right, um, right, right. I'm like, hurry up, you know, what are you doing? Um, but yes, yeah, so it, it just paralyzes, um, those with spina bifida at various levels, but, um, fortunately mine is, mine just affects me below the hips. Um, so. Wow. So if yes. you, if you didn't have that surgery, you said you, you would be in a wheelchair, likely, right? would likely be in a wheelchair. Likely, yeah. Um, be- and then you had multi, you had follow-up surgeries. I did. So oftentimes, uh, spina bifida kids have about 40 surgeries before they're eight years old. And my first surgery was when I was 12. So <laughs> that was a huge blessing. Wow. Um, to, uh, you know, have surgery, my first one that mm-hmm. late in life, um, which, you know, 12 is young, but it's not 40 before I was eight. Right. So right. that was, I was very thankful for that. And, you know, I've been playing standing basketball with my peers since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so he never stopped me from anything like that. Um, but, um, and how did yeah. you learn, like with having, um, no feeling in your feet, how difficult was it to learn uh, mobility from a mobility standpoint, you know, to get around and play basketball and do that kind of stuff? Um, I, so I I wear a brace on my right leg. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have a calf muscle. So my, my muscle is there, but my brain doesn't communicate with my, um, calf to develop. So, uh, my brace acts as a, an outer, um, version of what you guys have. And, uh, I don't honestly remember any of that because this is just really all I've known. I, uh, I adapted as soon as I learned how to walk. And so I don't remember 
um, what it was like to learn the game um, differently from my peers, mainly because just that was what I was dealt. And um, I had to, you know, just perform to the best of my ability. And so, I mean, running um, was and is taxing just because my hip motion is off because of my calves so stuff little things like that but otherwise I mean I don't remember distinctly um learning it um differently than I guess my muscles just naturally allowed um and I mean I had a walker growing up as a, mm -hmm. as a kid and I walked at about probably almost two years old that's how long it took me and so I'd push the walker around and um, walk with my braces. Uh, so, you know, it took time, but um, otherwise not much stopped me. So you've got a birthday this month. I do. And how old are you going to be? 23. I'm already amazed at how um, well-spoken you are and um, how well open and honest open and on yeah and and, and yeah I totally mean, it's, just, it's, it's amazing yeah well. so when you coming along with the spina bifida and having some of the challenges you had as a youngster and maybe realizing oh look well you wouldn't know about the walker but hey as you got older look this i've got to work on my mobility this is an issue how did you deal with that i mean what 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 was the process for you? Um, like mentally or just, yeah, just uh, emotionally, I mentally, mean, the whole thing. Yeah, it, I, Fortunately, and I was talking to somebody about this a couple of days ago, actually, I have never experienced any demeaning comments or bullying in my life. Um, all my friends were always very, um, nat normal. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I really, um, it, it probably wasn't until college when I, until I thought, Oh, you know, I, I hope there's no pity and, and there isn't, but mm -hmm. I, that I think was my fear a little bit in college was, um, well, one, people would either be friends with me because of basketball or because I'm different. I never had that thought, um, growing up. And so it was not as much a mental battle other than, you know, some days I just wake up and wish I wasn't different. Um, because it's hard to walk and yes. I wish I didn't have to think about every step that I make. Um, and you know, things like the beach and that'd be easier because I have to think the about sand. shells on yeah. the Oh yeah. Feel them. Oh, and right. it's just hard to walk on the sand. I mean, that's why athletes train in the sand because it's hard for everyone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's just hard because I don't have the calf function. Um, and so with surgery starting when I was 12, I've had about 13, I think. And they were mostly within the, um, 12 year old to 15 year old um, mm -hmm. time span. I've had one in college and one junior year of high school, but the rest were um, before ninth grade. And so a lot of the social um, change in in that in a kid's mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. that they're experiencing, I just didn't have time to think about. I mean, because I was focused You're on healing. healing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my friends were so awesome during that process of just you know, pushing me around the wheelchair, including me and, you know, coming by the house when I couldn't walk around. Um, cause I was immobile for quite a bit of time and, um, you know, managed high school teams when I was, uh, when I was benched because of my injury, uh -huh. um, or because of surgery. Um, otherwise I'd be on the team, you know, playing, but, uh, yeah, so much of the formative years were spent 
um, healing and not worrying about the social yeah. aspect that middle and high schoolers um, think about. And so I'm actually very grateful for that because I didn't, um, you know, the drama just wasn't important. Um, and so I really could focus my mental energy on um, developing and um, healing and you know, walking and um, gait function. But so, I mean, challenges everywhere in life, but you, um, you, 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 ha you, I know you do, but you, you have an incredible faith. Yes. Is that from your parents and how you were brought up or yes. because the way you talk, mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't have that faith mm -hmm. um, probably wouldn't react the way you just <laughs> told us you reacted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, yes, I'm very grateful. My parents, um, I, I, you know, I can't remember a day, a Sunday um, that church wasn't a priority for my family. And um, I'm so grateful for that because that was foundational in my parents' decision to have surgery for me um, because they believed that, you know, I was a, um, I was not just a potential life, but that I was already their daughter before I was born. And so mm -hmm. that played a huge role um, in ha even having the surgery. And so before I was born. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I can't thank them enough for just um, praying for me and um, encouraging me with, um, things of the Lord, which, you know, of course it, maybe this is a later question, but which is just why I've so appreciated, um, learning from coach Bennett, um, because yeah. we share that a little bit and, um, yeah, I mean, very foundational for just overcoming the mental battle. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, physical too, absolutely. But the mental battle sure. of just being a human, um, and having, having things go wrong. So yes, I would, definitely say, uh, you know, tribute. Yeah. Um, and we'll come back. I just wanted to just get to, so you get into UVA and you decide, um, what, what makes you decide to go? I mean, it's gotta be that we just won the national championship the year <laughs> yes. before. Right? Oh, so, yeah. so it's gotta be a popular, uh, somewhat right. pop popular position to go for. What, what made you do it? Um, choose UVA. No, or, uh, choose, or choose. I, I know why I chose you oh, right, right. because you're smart and you have <laughs> and you have parents who put you in the right direction. I did. But um, your your desire to be a men's basketball. Right. Man. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to remember a time before I was a fan of uh, the program. Um, growing up, it was a number one priority of mine to watch every UVA basketball game. And so it was sort of a no brainer when it um, was presented to me. Uh, I, my, you know, I'll definitely, this is credit to my dad. He um, is a professor at Virginia here and in, in the data science school and previously in McIntyre and when I was in middle and high school and coach Bennett spoke in his class when I was a ninth grader about the pillars and, you know, mm -hmm all that. And, um, so there was that faint connection back in, the, you know, in the background from that. And he, um, one of his stu former students was good friends in college with one of the current coaches. And so just a lot of micro connections really added up to, um, Hey, Anna, would you be interested in, uh, serving our team? Like, yes, absolutely. So I ended up coaching for, Tony Bennett basketball camp, um, the summer right before college, after I graduated high school, um, I came up to Charlottesville and, uh, was actually the first, uh, woman coach for, for TB camp. 
and, and you were uh, undefeated. I did go undefeated. I, I, I was. Know you did. <laughs> I went undefeated. That probably helped me out a little bit for the, uh, um, just the the attention. Uh, um, <laughs> when I was Coach Bennett, well, engaged you at that point, kind of like he knew who yes, you were, but vaguely, yes. And then when I sat down to talk with our director of operations, uh, Ronnie Weidman, about the role. Um, this was still June of 2019, you know, and he was running me through the expectations. Hey, do you think you'd be good for this? Um, coach walked by just, you know, on doing whatever in his office and kind of backtracked a little bit, peeked in and said, Oh, Hey, camp champ. And camp so champ. I was, uh, I was known as camp champ first, which is not a bad thing. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. By Tony Bennett too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and um, you you uh, you talk about when you say working at I say working as a manager, but you say service. You always go back to the service. What what what? Tell me about that. Um, that has just that. Well, it. it uh, it's funny that you point that out. That is just, I think, my um, subconscious choice of uh, looking at it. I, um, that was my job was to serve the guys and make their lives better and easier. And um, so that that's sort of a no brainer. And um, I, you know, thank my parents for that. Um, I mean, appreciation, that's but that that just to me, because if, if you if you view it, if you view it as work, it's hard. And if you view it as and it still was, but if you view it as service, you know, you get up and you do it to the best of your ability because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about you. Um, so much pressure is taken off your shoulders when it becomes about someone else. And um, that took me too long, too many seasons to learn, to be quite honest, um, just because of the glam. Like, I mean, right. like you said, we had right. just won a title and um, this these were my favorite guys growing up. And so it did take me a season or two to learn to just bring my 100% every day. And, um, you know, that's a regret of mine from second year was just learning the, to, learning the corners cut, you know. I mean, that's just not a good way of um, yeah. viewing any work. And so, yeah, but, service but, but really service. transformed my mindset. Sorry to oh, interrupt. Yeah. I'll oh. do that often. Usually, <laughs> usually Stock does it, but I did it. <laughs> um, um, but that's one of the five pillars, right? Right. Yes. It, servanthood. servanthood. That's yeah. right. So, so Tony sees that and Coach Bennett, sorry, Coach Bennett <laughs> sees. I haven't called him that since high school, I don't think. You haven't called him what? Coach Bennett? Tony. Tony yeah. I don't, I, that was I a... shouldn't call him Tony, Coach Bennett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's he he sees that in you some way in the very beginning right mm -hmm. that you that you're willing to and that those are the kind of people that he wants mm -hmm. as a manager uh, not only as a player but as a manager right but right. um who wouldn't want those people in your life for anything right right but but my my point is is that is that uh, Coach Bennett drills that into Absolutely. everyone in the program. And Absolutely. If you don't have that, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have that. They could be, uh, you know, just a great player, but they're not willing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. 
And so you, you, you were a manager and you had a successful career as a manager. And, um, now you, uh, have graduated and you're embarking on a new venture. That's right. What is it? Um, I'm getting ready to open a coffee shop in town. Uh, so I'll stick around Charlottesville, put some roots down. And, and does it have a name? Revival Coffee and Kitchen. So it'll have a full breakfast and lunch menu. Oh. For, oh. for those of you who have to go next door um, after, your, after your morning coffee, which, you know, I think that's become a little bit of a problem around here is uh, we have to do two places. So you could just condensing it, making it more efficient. Well, I love a good breakfast spot. I mean, all right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's I right love down it. the road from me. Do you need help with the menu? Well, <laughs> maybe some extra eyes on it, but I got it. I got it. I got it written up. Um, Don't fall into that trap. <laughs> Don't fall into that trap. I'll need help uh, consuming it. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, honestly, I don't have a problem with that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> That's a yes. For me. <laughs> and so, and so, where are you in the process? And yeah, so um, I am just with an architect right now, mm -hmm. um, working on the floor plan. Um, thankfully, it has a full kitchen uh, already. I just need to put some paint, new paint on the walls. There's mm -hmm. paint. It's just not a good color. Mm -hmm. Um, so I need to put some new paint on the walls and, uh, finishing touches on the logo just to be able to market better. Um, other than, you know, the ESPN marketing, which is not bad, but, um, <laughs> Hey, but wait a minute. I'd like to personalize the marketing. Wait a minute. You're getting authentic marketing right now. Yeah. Our, our 20 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> We're actually up to a hundred <laughs> followers. Followers, yeah, yeah. And when well, do you hope to open? Um, it, well, that's a lot of factors just because of uh, permits and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, I'd say anywhere between October and the end of the year. And do you have a location? I do. Um, Barracks Road North Bar is the plan right now. Okay. Um, as my main location, and mm -hmm. then uh, as a bonus, I'll be on Ivy um, as a kiosk pickup spot. If you want, really? Go. If you want a cup to go, um, I'll be I'll be over there. Where on Ivy? Um, next to Foods of All Nations. Uh, I'm right in there. Wow, that is right in my swing so zone. It's oh, right yeah. in between. Uh, <laughs> Anywhere in Albuquerque is Rob's swing zone. FYI, it's a great location. Right it is in between a great location. the university with the dorms, mm -hmm. with uh, JPJ. Oh I, yeah, you know you oh, got yeah. Crozet going towards Crozet, apartments there. Yeah, back towards the rotunda. It's a great spot. So you know, grab and go coffee will be there, and um, sort of like the Roots on Wortland, where you can just pick up and. You don't have to talk to anybody. And so uh, you're getting ready to turn 23 years old. Right. And you had a successful career at UVA as a manager. And you, I'm assuming, did well in school. And you now decided to open your own business. <laughs> Sounds crazy. It doesn't. I mean, <laughs> but, but, but the question is, is I don't know too many 23-year-olds that um are as um i don't want to say self-confident because i don't want it to sound like you um you know think highly of yourself when you can do anything but you do have a still confidence i would call it that's amazing what is it 
Well, I would attribute all that to the Lord because I wouldn't be able to uh, probably think straight without without Him. And so um, that is the only reason I got through my four years at Virginia um, was the uh, steadfastness of that. And, um, you know, even if um, it is a success by worldly standards or a failure by worldly standards, that is all right because um, my... You know, purpose um, and, and doing things doesn't change um, regardless of success or failure. And so that does give me a little bit of um, what is the pur- and hope. What is the purpose? Um, you, my purpose is um, not is not have doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, if if I could be background and, um, you know, point others to the best of my ability to um, the person I put my hope in, then mm-hmm. I have succeeded that day so i would um i would you know if if the lord gets the credit then i i was a success um and so you know i think that is probably one of the biggest things i learned um at during my time as a manager is um you know it's okay to be the background Mm -hmm. because that is sometimes how the car gets oiled and it um sometimes you win the race and so um that i will Hopefully, keep in mind as I run a business because, you know, I don't know nearly anything about that yet. And so I need to, um, yeah, just keep the first things first and hope everything falls into place. I mean, what they say once the door is open, what, 50% of the uh, success is based upon the customer base. So (laughs) I got to get the the doors open. Well, if if stock is a regular customer... I can guarantee you lots of success. Authentic Conversations with Stock and Hixie is brought to you by AntiguaThreads.com. And when you're talking to us about um, being a background uh, player sometimes and some of the lessons you've learned and the acts of service and whatnot, to me, those are lessons that it takes people often a lifetime to learn. And you're 23 years old and you are much wiser to me than your years. And reading some information about you, um, the challenges you've had with spina bifida, you also said, or use the term, if I'm not mistaken, a blessing in some regards. Explain that. Um, well, I, I mean, to just, I guess, uh, agree with you, um, I learned and grew up in ways. I grew up faster um, and, you know, still have much to learn in many areas. But um, I grew up faster because I had to. Mm-hmm. And I, that just wasn't an option for me um, to learn resiliency and um toughness and you know when to complain and uh, for (laughs) purposes of oh i'm in pain you know that kind of complaining Mm -hmm. versus um you know it's really doesn't benefit anyone for me to be complaining right now Mm -hmm. because no one can change my circumstances and so learning that early um was a big blessing and i think just even one of my favorite um, things to reflect upon about the hard years with surgeries, all the surgeries was 
um, just the relationship that um, I built with my siblings Mm -hmm. and watching them um, turn into just um, kind, servant hearted people um, because I needed things. I mean, it was silly things like, can you carry my lunchbox? Mm -hmm. I can't because I have crutches, you know, and just um, it became second nature to them. And so it's just been a blessing to our family, I think, um, to learn to love each other better um, and differently just because um, they, their only experience, they were brought into the world with a sister that's different Mm -hmm. and they don't think anything of it. Um, But yeah, just, I think learning to love each other well um, through that and just the hard things. I had a bone infection um, that kept me in the hospital for a month before ninth grade started. And I mean, even that, uh, the unknowns of um, if it was life threatening and I mean, it, it was, and thankfully my parents kept that to themselves and um, didn't scare me with that information, but um, just learning to um, love each other well as a family through all the challenges um, has been a blessing. And, you know, especially, uh, hearing from parents of kids with spina bifida Mm -hmm. since March, since the story from ESPN, um, people have been in my, um, DMS on Twitter. Hey, you know, my daughter, she's two. Um, we don't know what her life's going to look like. You are, um, tangible source of hope. Thank you. You know, like that, I, that's awesome that made everything oh yeah i wouldn't trade a thing in the world to you know to be able to um be a source of hope for a young mom so and then even a mom reached out who had had the same fetal surgery as my mom did um like two weeks prior to the uh march madness the the uh airing of my story i mean that's just awesome so Mm -hmm. to get to talk to those parents and say hey you know everything's gonna be okay um because they're going to learn so much and you're going to learn with them and you know it's yeah it's all right so when tommy and i decided to hixie and i decided to do this podcast one of the things in my mind and i would think hixie would agree was that everybody in life is going to have challenges some more than others but everybody in life is going to have challenges. And it was my hope always that as people had challenges that they don't forget that things can change in the future or that those challenges can sometimes turn into blessings right? and make you a stronger person, maybe make you more compassionate, maybe make your ability to understand others, give you resiliency, all of that right and so your story honestly embodies to me what the hope was when we did this started this podcast authentic real conversation about real issues that people have in their lives and also showing some of the blessings that can happen as a result of those issues and so yeah sorry to interrupt. yeah go ahead it's such a young age Totally. Yeah. I mean, like to your point, I mean, most, most people, (laughs) uh, you know, finding purpose and that kind of stuff takes fifties, forties, never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Uh, and so to be 23 is, um, 
it, it's really amazing. I, w- I want to shift gears just a, sure. just a touch. Well, I will say one more yes, thing. Uh, since you mentioned compassion, mm-hmm. was, that is, I, I'm not good at that. Um, <laughs> that is, <laughs> well, you know, my siblings, they, they get a, they get a little scrape and cry about it growing up. They don't anymore that we're, we're all very mm-hmm. kind adults, but, um, I'd be like, <laughs> Come on, get yeah. up! Man. <laughs> I can't move my leg. And you're hey, crying. I'm well, sitting so here with a bone infection. <laughs> perspective, man. Perspective. perspective and compassion sometimes aren't uh, sometimes aren't compatible, and they should be, and they just aren't for me sometimes. So I need to work on that. <laughs> we all do. We, we totally understand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. We totally understand. It's and it's just for my it's just for my siblings, by the way. Yeah, I'm not yeah. not a mean person, generally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Totally understandable. So walk us through a day as a manager kind of from, I mean, you've got class, you've got all these things that you have to do in your daily life. And now it's a, a or give us a practice day in a game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very important to schedule all your classes in the morning, get them done. Um, because we usually had the two or 3 PM practice start time, which really meant one or two for the managers. So we would have to arrive an hour prior to practice. And this was, you know, after a long day of classes and seeing buddies. And um, so it was all the normal college life until you uh, walked into JPJ. And then uh, we would do everything from turning on the music in the arena um, to the lights and the banners for just some um, normal normalcy to the, to mm-hmm. the big arena sure. without the, the fans. And, uh, oh, here, here's a favorite. Um, we would tape the three-point line on the um, baskets that flanked the uh, – the, um, Oh, right, because right. Because we had four baskets during mm-hmm. practice. And so oh, we would right. have to take painter's tape and an mm-hmm. um, extension cord, and we would drag the painter's tape every, every day and make a three-point line um, and then the lane and the free-throw line. Um, so I have never – I mean, hopefully I will never again touch that much painter's tape. <laughs> I mean, it was, we went through so much. I have so many in my backpacks in my room. I'm like, I need to give this back. It's just ended up in my backpack after four years. Yeah. Um, it's everywhere. But, you know, we'd make the Gatorade um, from powder in mm-hmm. different colors every day. And uh, blue's game day. So we would try not to do blue on a practice day. Purple's Friday, just because it's exciting. And um, how about orange? Orange is my favorite. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got bored of some colors after three years, but uh, purple for reggae music day, because because the music was. Oh, day, okay. So it was a little tropical action, and uh, you know, I'd um, I would be at the clock every day for four years, and um, you know, keep uh, keep the drills on schedule mm-hmm. to finish to finish um, before ten p.m which was never, never an issue. Um, so that was good. You got to let those guys rest a little bit and, uh, keep everything on time. Wait, wait and- let's go back. You said to finish, you were on the clock to make sure they finished the drills, but, and then you said before when, Oh, I was joking about uh, 10 PM. Oh, you know, okay. Sometimes, okay. <laughs> sometimes say. the drills are long, but, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, no, man, no, no, no. Wow. No, we were out by probably six. So how many hours a day would you say that Tommy alluded to it? How many hours a day would you say you were doing basketball? Three or four um, for practices and then games a good seven or eight, depending mm-hmm. on the depending on the time of day of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, 9 p.m. tip off. So we were home at like 1, 1.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had different responsibilities in on game days than, man, than the other managers did. Um, 
there's a pregame meal that um, I help deliver three and a half hours before tip off every game day. And was that delivered to, to JPJ? Where no, to each of, each of their apartments. Wow. So we'd just drive around town after picking it up from Pico Rap, Chipotle. We'd sort it out. I'd buy fruit from Kroger and Harris Teeter and um, divvy that up and then knock on their doors and say good luck tonight <laughs> rest was there a favorite go-to meal by most of the guys oh they love their chipotle yeah they do which okay is, which is a pain sometimes because <laughs> that line <laughs> i'm surprised that they they didn't come eat the meal at jpj or or at some other facility together no because that's their their personal time still i think to just prep mentally and physically mm -hmm. for the game so a lot of them will be in their apartments or their dorms just resting and yeah. till i text them hey i'm on my way come down to get your food they come down hydrate and then uh you know i'll see them two hours later um yeah. so that's just their rest time and then they do the rest of their day together but that's their individual right warm up time and so and then travel right I mean, travel that was a whole uh different beast i think sometimes um you know, we did those four or five days in Las Vegas in November, which <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that was quite, a, quite an experience. It was great. It's just so long to have to prepare for each day. And, um, I mean, really be mentally prepared and know exactly what hour is asking you to do which thing, <laughs> because 2 PM will be wildly different than 1030 in the morning. Sure. And so just, um, I think, always having like a live updated note um on all the trips was helpful but yeah i mean it was, it was do the do the managers there. grow pretty close yes. working so much together does it does that become yes. your community when you're at school like um well it, it's hard because i'm sure a lot of the managers would say yes um mm -hmm. it was different for me i um I, I mean i would still say my primary community was uh my girlfriends from um my church ministry um because you know being the only girl um they probably would do more things together often, oh right, i got right? it because, I, I forgot about yeah, you being yeah, the so, only girl okay so, i get it i get I mean, it yeah you know, yeah they'd probably hang out on saturday night when i wouldn't with them because i sure. just be with my girlfriends so um primary community might be a stretch in certain seasons and then other seasons of life and seasons sure, of life sure. not basketball seasons. right um but sometimes yeah yeah th those are your people because just it it gets hard and you lose games like three in a row and you're just like this is these are my people mm -hmm. um because we got you know just tough it out together um because we're we're the only we're the only 10 people that understand this right now and um right. so we have to you know um hold each other up during the hard stretches because you know we feel the same amount of like grief and um mm -hmm. disappointment but it's not about us so we have to learn how to like um we have to learn where to channel it um right. because it's not our output on the floor right. and um you know I th our primary responsibility is to enc encourage the guys and mm -hmm. um, just keep them prepared and so um yeah there's a time to there's a time to be disappointed as, as a as family just because that's what we are and you know and then also um just remain alert and encouraged we were you the only woman for four years um, I was the only woman for three years, and then this past season, there's another okay. uh, girl to keep me company. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. You know, at the introduction today, um, when we first started uh, this podcast, Tom and I put a list together of 
um, potential people to have. And Hixie said to me, um, I don't, I don't even think at the time he knew your name, but he said, I didn't, have you ever seen that female manager at UVA basketball? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't think so. And he goes, stock, you should see her. The hustle this young lady has is incredible. And you like, you know, the lesson of you never know who's watching Mm -hmm. or you never know what effect you're having on people in their lives. Um, just by the mere acts of service, as you would say, in what you were doing during games. Um, I mean, you affect a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that didn't even cross my mind until people started saying that at the end of the season. <laughs> hey, thank you. I've been watching you for four years. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing watching me? You know? <laughs> well, it's just you're watching watching the time. Yeah, As a right. basketball fan, you're watching. You're trying to see, you yeah. know, the, yeah. what, what the vibe is. And right. then I would, I would see you come running out, mm-hmm. walking out fast mm-hmm. with obvious limitations. Right carrying chairs and towels and mm-hmm. the guys are throwing towels at you and, and <laughs> you know, I mean, they're in the middle of yeah. a game and right. yeah, exactly. you know, they're combating. And, uh, I was just always, I was just always impressed. And when I mentioned it to Barry, um, you know, that mm-hmm. I would, he said, Oh, absolutely. I've got her cell phone right here. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, oh. Whoa, Whoa. Take it easy. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Barry. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Barry, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Well, I mean, oh yeah, there's, I, I remember. He's a big fan. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> um, it was always good to see him on the, on the sidelines and uh, catch up after games and things like and that. Did but. you, did you ever meet uh, Jim Miller by any chance? Yes. Jim, he, the yes. voice, the, yeah, That's does right. the, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, cause we would travel together. Oh so yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. He's a good friend. Right. He's a good friend. He is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, Doc, I, I I hate to say I was right, but I was right. You were right. I'm going to tell I'm gonna you. I'm pat myself on the back. I'm not going to be very servanty right now. I'm going to pat, my, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Sometimes there's a time to shine, and sometimes. Anna. You're doing it. Anna. At the Authentic Podcast, we have still struggling and trying to grow in our service mentality. <laughs> Absolutely. It comes with time. Comes with time. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. And we got about 35, 40 years on you. There's there's other pillars you can pick from first. There you go. There you go. You don't want to start this. You know, you can do passion. Oh, passion. Passion. I like passion. Unity. I mean, how smart she is, how quick she is. She is. I mean, well, those guys kept me on my toes. I cannot wait to see what you're doing in 20 years and, and well i hope i'm home with kids and drinking good coffee from my own espresso machine <laughs> well i can tell you if, if, if one of the things you want is kids i think you're going to be a fabulous mother oh well oh, thank you i hope so absolutely you're a great role model and thank you really and and you're um extremely mature and open and um with with everything that you've done and as coach bennett said you how many people you've touched it's really amazing it, it really is and i i'm grateful that you said yes and that you came here well, thank and I, you. i'm grateful that you met me a couple of weeks ago when we were able to chat and i'm really grateful that you ordered an old-fashioned 
in, yes. instead yes. of a white claw. That's right. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Tommy yeah, well, told me that. He said y'all sat down and were, were just meeting each other and, and um, y'all decided to have a drink and you ordered an old-fashioned. That's right. I love it. Uh, old-fashioned black coffee is nice. Oh, those are your two deals. Come on, man. Come on, but man. is there a meal in particular you like? Oh, I'm not picky at all. Okay. I will say, you know, and I, not to turn any of the people on me, but I cheese is the only food I will not eat. Cheese. Cheese. But you're going to be serving something do. stuffed with cheese. Uh, if you want, yes. <laughs> Good answer. Stock likes I'm, cheese. I'm for, the, I'm for the people. You're for the people. <laughs> for, for the people. people. And right. once again, the name of the coffee shop is Revival, and it's going to be in Barracks. Okay. And we're and you're hoping to open in the fall, late fall. See, see everybody there. You got it. All right, we'll be there. Thank you so much for your time, thank you. Tommy. Thank, thank you, you so much for. It pains me to say this. Your brilliance in regard to this guest. Whoa, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, maybe I went too far. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thank Thanks you very much. Authentic Conversations with Stock and Hixie is broadcast for the world from Charlottesville, Virginia by Tom Hicks and Rob Stockhausen. Please like, follow, and share if you have enjoyed this conversation. Have an authentic day.